Welcome to Under the Water Tower, a production of Fellowship Baptist Church, located in Marble Falls, deep in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Join Fellowship's staff and leadership while they explore, study, and discuss Bible passages. Here are your hosts, pastors Joni Wallach, Misty Grimm, Daryl Fishbeck, and lead pastor Dr. Jamie Greening. Learn the lesson that if you are to do the work of a prophet, what you need is not a scepter, but a hoe. H-O-E, hoe. What does that mean? It means that you shouldn't be, um, you can be doing more work and the hard grunt work rather than ruling over people. Very well done. Thanks for coming to the podcast. That's all we have to say today. <laughs> See ya. Same time, Kelly, stole, sign us out. stole that quote from uh, Richard Foster, who begins uh, in his classic, Richard I mean, I mean it's uh, the classics, <laughs> um, in his classic book, Celebration of Discipline, begins his chapter will on you, service. Will you that read quote. that again? Um, she wasn't listening. She That's didn't know that was all the podcast. I didn't know that she didn't think we're starting yet, quiz. so she was still over I here. Need a, I need listed. It's not a pop quiz. It was a pop quiz. <laughs> you said, what does it mean? Thank and you. I won. Thank I you, won. I passed. Learn Losers. the lesson that if you are to do the work of a prophet, what you need is not a scepter, but a hoe. Mm. So not a device, as Daryl so adequately pointed out, to rule over people, a scepter for a king, but a hoe to till the earth, mm -hmm. to clear things out, to grow stuff, mm -hmm. to nurture, to weed, to sweat. To put your back into it. Exactly. Service. <coughs> so here we are with our second podcast on our focus of spiritual disciplines. Last time we talked about fasting. And to those of you who are listening as we go through the Lenten fast, keep it up. You got this. You got it. You've probably only messed up twice now. <laughs> uh, it's been a whole week. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I wish our Johnny's listeners here. could have seen her eyes. <laughs> a little dark <laughs> race around here. <laughs> only <laughs> twice in a week. Well, I was actually, that was great. That you probably was, only yeah. messed up twice. You're doing great, <laughs> guys. Uh, whatever if you mess up more than twice, you're all right too. <laughs> yes, Joni. Tell you're talking not about performance. It's not about performance. It's grace and mercy. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I was just kidding. Did, <laughs> did you enjoy the Snicker bar though? I I did not have a Snicker bar because <laughs> those are gross. Uh oh, back in the day when I could have chocolate, I loved a Snicker. That's yeah, one of my. That's there's my too many too many things in there. You're mm. just not yourself they're when you're hungry, Jamie. They're all hangry. Good, they're all good She's stuff. Hangry. And you know what? I'm more of an M Ms person because like you can eat them like one at a time. It's not like it's over really my, quick. My my um, travel tip for flying international flights. Have a Ziploc of pretzels and a Ziploc of M&M's. Mm. You can pull them out and you can just bunch on them in between their poorly The Snickers, though, you can, you can eat it in layers. What airline right. are you flying? British Airways. They're, those are pretty well, good. Yeah, they're all right. I mean, that's the COVID flights were kind of... Well, yeah, yeah. You were flying in desperation. Well, and I'm not going to say her name, but my wife apparently got bumped to business class <laughs> when she flew to Texas <laughs> in December and she was showing off what they get to eat and drink in business class, and it's mm. a lot better than Coach. Did yeah, you pay for it? She didn't. She, she got didn't. bumped. Well, but yeah, but, but, but well, yeah, yeah. If you buy, you buy it, ticket, totally, totally. Yeah. 
and I'm I'm all about the cheapest airline possible. My active service is finding cheap airline tickets, and sometimes that means you have to be rerouted through like I don't know Columbia. Say so, yeah, I just get I just I want one flight. Just keep it simple. The fifty dollars you're saving, I'm like just get me there. You can buy really big bags of M and M's for fifty dollars <laughs> though. It's true. Really big bags. How do we get off on this? I, I don't even know. Joni. So, <clears throat> an important part of spiritual discipline, I believe, is acts of service. Uh, and uh, Foster's book uh, really outlines it uh, well. If you've not read it, you should go read it. Um, the, 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 for me, the Bible, though, has the best take on what we're talking about. So, if our, my comrades here... My friends will allow us to jump straight into Scripture. We don't often do that for the podcast. We usually just bloviate for 45 minutes and then go, oh, wait, Bible. But how about today we just go straight? Are you guys okay with that, Misty? One day I didn't bring my Bible in here. You never bring a Bible in here. (laughs) The one day. I'll share. Well, we can pause it and go get one. No, no. I'll use my phone. Well, you (laughs) probably... That's <laughs> not the same. That's what I tell the youth. It's Don't not the same. Don't be legalistic. So, uh, to me, one of the best passages, other than, so Bernard of Clairvaux says this, it's a paraphrase of what Jesus does in the upper room when he says, you know, here's a towel. If you want to be the the true, truly my disciple and to lead, you're going to do so by serving. Do others as I've done to you and wash your feet. But But more directly is this wonderful, Seen in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. And uh, for, for me, this kind of outlines the whole thing. It's, you know the story. Um, Jesus talks about uh, in the end, there will be this lineup, and uh, he will look to a group of people, and he will say, well done. You've done super good because, and let's, I want to go through the list accurately, the sheep and the goats. And he says, um, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the, and the answer, the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. And this is the great teaching that service to anybody is service to the Lord. Now I know some strict biblical exegesis might come through and say, Well, brothers here might be indicative of only the people in the community of faith. And so our service is limited there. I think perhaps I could see where there's some validity to that exegesis of the text, but the feel and scope of the of the parable Jesus is telling, plus the scope and the feel of everything in the New Testament tells me that's not that limited. It's to any human being. But why do we tend to do that? You know, we were saying <clears throat> that, and I just I, my thought, first thought was, <laughs> why do, why are we always looking for these, like, okay, Jesus said, you know, if someone wants your cloak give them your shirt too or whatever it's like 
you, you go the extra mile. He has to he has to clarify these things. They're like, what's the least amount I have to do, Jesus, to be considered serving? You know, it's like we're always, well, no, 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 we can't serve those people. It's I don't know. It reminds me of the classic: do I do I tithe off of net income net or gross, gross income? Well, uh, and my answer to that is always: if you're asking that question. Uh, you're asking the wrong. Yeah. Your heart's not even where yeah. it needs to be, close to where it needs yeah. to be. Yeah. Uh, forgiving. So, Jesus, and I feel like the Jesus ministry. I mean, his whole time here on earth. What was he an example of? Not only loving, forgiving, kindness, grace, but serving others. You know. And when you look, I started prepping for this yesterday evening, and you can't. All right, you win the award for it. best preparation. Well, I prepped driving today. I had some alone time, and so I made the most. But once I got started, I mean, you could you can't really do it without all these different scriptures just coming to mind, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So I have all these scriptures that um, I wrote down just because they spoke to me, and so I feel like the whole New Testament is ministry, Jesus serving other people. Seems like so many of the things that I my notes that I jotted down in thinking today, I was like. All right, calm down a little. They were all like critiques. I was just yeah. like angry about this, and we're talking about servanthood, and I was like, well, this isn't servanthood, and this isn't servanthood. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's where my brain is. So if it comes out, that's yeah. where we'll go there. That I've got my notes. I, like we did last time, I wrote, what is serving not? And so that's the first thing, and so I jotted down. <laughs> you liked that template, didn't I did. you? What is serving it not? It really got you, it gets you thinking, like what's mm-hmm. the opposite of it, and then it kind of puts more into perspective what it actually is. I have a... a, a, a an answer to my own question, but why is it, why is it that we struggle with serving like that? When you say, what is serving not, um, why does it seem to be such a complicated topic? I mean, shouldn't this be kind of an acts of service, helping people, serving people? I mean, being nice. It should be non-controversial, I but think I think that it is. Everything controversial. Just like the um, Great Commission is as you're going, I think that it's an expectation that whatever we do, we do in a, with a heart of service. And so it's not like, oh, I guess I'll wake up this morning and, you know, like do some service things. You it's know? intentional. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Amen. Do some service things. I think my clock's up. You got up, any Fritos like, That's her selfish voice. <laughs> Well, it's intentional. We have to do it on purpose. You don't. A lot of times, you d- I don't. You know, there's a need that arises, and my selfish, that was one of my, the first thing I put, what is serving not, it's not selfish. You know, it's not self, uh, uh, what did I put, self-motivating. We can't have ulterior motives. Well, if I help her do that, then that's going to help me do this, mm-hmm. you know. And I think America makes us just, just, just the whole thing makes us want to, what can I get out of it? What's it called? Quid pro quo? Quid pro quo? What's it called? You want to pause that? Step back. No, no, just leave it. Quid pro quo. So the I want to put a pin, my best Renee Brown, let's put a pin in there. Why are you poking me? And then I want to go back over here. So what? What's that's a great, what is service not? I'm, you said self, that's great because like, serve is other focused yeah the opposite of that is self-focused or mm-hmm. selfishness but literally it's taking mm-hmm. right or, or, or receiving one of those two mm-hmm. to it is better to give than to receive mm-hmm. uh, so to serve is to give to help others the opposite of that is taking and i think that the world teaches us to take 
Right. To get it now, get in, get 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 in, get all you can, and get out. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what the world teaches us to do, and that's what our our, our selfish desires want mm-hmm. us to do. Well, we're mm-hmm. protect. We got to protect our stuff. I'll, I'll I'll help, but I don't want to be taken advantage of. Right. Right. Got to keep those boundaries firm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. In Foster's chapter on this, he describes that. He says one of the one of the critiques of service is, well, I don't want to be taken advantage of. Someone's going to use me if I serve others. And his answer to that is, so? so? Uh, yeah. That's kind of, I heard a cause, story. Because you placed, you placed your service in other people's attitudes, mm-hmm. not yours. Right, right. I uh, heard a story years ago. I don't know if it's true, but it, it makes a good point. I'm sure someone out there is like this, but it was some professional golfer. Some lady approached him. He had won a tournament. And, you know, I've got this child that's dying, blah, 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 blah. So he endorses. Wait, wait, wait. How, how do you? That <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm, you I'm can't profe- yada, yada, I'm yada. A, I'm a professional dying. golfer. I want a tournament. A pro one approaches me. Yada, yada, yada. Child's dying. No, 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 well, no. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> see. You right. need to exegete that you need to a pray. little bit better. <laughs> you need All to right. pray, Daryl, right now. Again, <laughs> I heard the story many years ago, so I'm paraphrasing my Who exegesis. died? Why? Nobody died yet. I said, all right. From there's golf? There's a professional golfer. <laughs> is it putt-putt? He's or won it? a tournament. He's won some money. And somewhere after the tournament, he's approached somewhere in the public by a woman who has a very sick child. Is it his child? It's Did not he? his child. It's a stranger. Strange land, strange person. Let's Did say he's in Australia. I don't class. know. So she gives him this sob story, and he's all into it, and he endorses one of his winnings checks and says, take this money, and I hope it helps. And so later at the clubhouse, uh, that someone s- approaches him and says, oh, man, you got scammed. That lady, she's been around here before. She's scamming people and all that. And he goes, so you mean there's no sick kid? He goes, great. And the moral of the story was <coughs> he wasn't worried about whether he was taken advantage of. He was happy that there actually wasn't a sick kid. He was like, I don't need justice for her. I'm happy knowing I was trying to be helpful mm. and mm. God will deal with her, I love so. that story however at the same time <laughs> his relief that an imaginary sick child doesn't exist <laughs> is, I'm gonna edit I wish out. I was I wish I, I was think no. you made that up did you get that from I'm the gonna insert book? some extra editing after y'all aren't around <laughs> I, oh no it's wonderful wonderful uh, yeah I don't know how we got there but about but people using us yeah yeah it's uh, using us mm-hmm. fosters like this is not even significant he says i think he plays word word games with it a little bit he says that's the difference between serving and becoming a servant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you become a servant then you don't care as much about what other people's you're it's what you've chosen to be however i think we have to be very careful in following the holy spirit because we can become all consuming of just ignoring all of our needs yes. and, you know, taking care of ourselves and just pouring yourself into other people and other things, just ignoring your own issues. And there can be even a pride in thinking, yes. I can fix everybody's mm-hmm. problems, and we get Pri- spread I wrote that ourselves great big on top of my paper, thin. pride. Somebody yeah. wise once said, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. can't. I agree. I endorse all these statements. The um, That wise guy. I, I just feel as if um, the that that warning should be there, but I don't think that's where most of us live. And 
we don't live too close to burning up the candle. We live mm. too close to never actually doing anything. You must not have known very many Enneagram 2s in your life. Because <laughs> they live there all the time. But I don't if believe in the Enneagram. If we're going to go down that path. I'm a Myers-Briggs guy. So <laughs> cover your ears for a second, Johnny. The thing about the Enneagram, to tie into what Misty was saying, is for Enneagram 2s, and yes, some of us 3s, is we are great at helping and serving and doing things, but we often do it for ulterior motives. We do it because we want to avoid rejection, we don't want to, we don't want to say no to somebody mm-hmm. and so we don't want to disappoint somebody which is not a very good motive for serving or because we we think we won't be loved if we don't serve other people or help people and so we're afraid to to be discerning sometimes about and helping disappoint, and then like others. you're saying we we pour ourselves out there and we lose ourselves mm-hmm. and that's not that's not genuine right that's self motivated yeah. and so it's it can mm-hmm. There's a there's a downside to that, and the timing too. You know, uh, of course, everything we should go to the Holy let the Holy Spirit lead in in, in prayer it is the timing. You know, is it what we feel like that person needs help with at that moment, or is it something that we feel like they need help with? You know, well, we it's like someone falls. Make and sure we're doing it you know, for the right reasons and according to his timing and not ours. Well, it's different between someone dropping their groceries in front of you and, you know, I need to pray about whether I should help you or not (laughs) versus someone comes to you with a big problem. Wait, that's not how we're supposed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Jamie drops to his knees in the store. Hold on. Let me me ask God (laughs) if I should help you with your pork and beans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, that's kosher. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think I I completely agree with all of this. I want to move to the service something you said earlier in america we have a whole thing called the service industry Industry. Mm -hmm. what does that mean service industry just like restaurants i don't caterers yeah all of the businesses that focus on not good service service they don't they don't produce (laughs) anything in terms of Mm -hmm. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> we should have really done this in the morning. S- serving <laughs> no, services, serving, serving. <laughs> the service industry, right? So it's anything that they don't produce, they, they, they provide an experience or a service. So your restaurants, the, 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 that's one. Hotels, um, your spa treatments, concerts, The venues, dog groomer that comes to your groomer. house in their own cool little van, takes your dog in front of your house and does all things without leaving your yard. Or your driveway. You seem like someone <laughs> who is using this service. No, but I would I would like that. I think that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there and you want to come to my house and groom my dog, you can. <laughs> M- Misty's like, we're going to have a podcast on service. She makes her list of the services she <laughs> would like right. to receive. <laughs> we are not sponsored by. The, 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 the problem, though, with the service industry is we put that in our mind. This is what service is and customer service and all of these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if you listen to people, don't really exist the way they used to anymore, unless you're really wealthy, um, is they're all based upon the exchange of goods and services still, even though there's no goods. It's the, you're going to get paid for it. Right. And then the tipping, the tipping culture mm-hmm. right now. I, I'm gonna, it I'm is gonna, through the roof. I'm going to go off the side. Yeah. Ex- can it's, I get an amen, it's sister? It's ridiculous. When you go to the grocery, excuse me, when you go to the convenience store 
and you get a, a, a soda. <laughs> and, a and I've just scanned my thing, and it says a $3, $5, $7 tip for the $2 no. soda. No. I, why are you ti- exactly. Why are you tipping at the gas station? Because the way the way in which they do the, it's yeah, prompted it's you to there. do it. The yeah. gas right. station? Everywhere. Everywhere. It's Everywhere now. ridiculous. I wish you all could see faces right now. It's ridiculous. I mean, I get it at the you, coffee shop. You look confused. Okay, but why Face. do you tip at certain coffee shops but not other coffee shops? What do you mean? Well, there's certain <laughs> coffee shops that that people tip at more often than others. Give me an example. Like <laughs> the local one that my daughter worked at, she made serious bank tips. So, like, well, serious I think, bank. I think there's two reasons. One, it's a, a marketing is is that some places are more aggressive. They turn that screen around on you that's got suggested tips, and you feel guilted into right. pressing so one of them. Or some places have really good vibes and services, and you like those. You get to know, like, let's say the place in town where your daughter works. A lot of the locals frequent it, and they get to know the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, if like I know that. them and personally, so of course, they want to be generous yeah. with them, and so th- I think there's some healthy. So let's ump this though, Lord. So I mean, ump, ump, okay. ump it. Just make sure I heard that. So in the in the same vein as the the tip culture, which is way out. Maybe you're just not traveling the same circle, but everyone it wants a tip now out of oh, yeah. for everything. Or you go to the burger place. You go up to the place you ordered your burger. And then you go sit down, and you have to go back up and pick your fo- own food up, and you're still supposed to tip? <laughs> I just did it all on my own self. <laughs> Anyways. So well, <laughs> this is maybe where you push no tip. I don't know. Uh, the, the, I did that. Not that same thing, but they, they hit Feels you with the, with the, would you like to round up mm-hmm. to donate to whatever the thing is? No, and thank it's, you. It's all, and I always say no, and Kim gives me the, my wife Kim gives me the, <laughs> dirtiest look when i do that she's like don't you care don't don't it you depends care on what it is that's what me. they're banking I, on. I listen to see what it is and, and, and i always I don't it doesn't bother me to say but no. then that fast food restaurant gets credit for your tip well i look at kim and say i gave it the office right I, how, how anyway so I, I got over that i i got like you i got over the kim syndrome because i used to feel horribly guilty kim looks at it. you bad too yes <laughs> i thought it was just me <laughs> syndrome <laughs> I used to feel totally like, well, I'm a jerk if I don't round up the three cents for. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I said I used to feel that like he's no, scowling I'm, at no, me. No, I'm giving you the Kim look. That's oh, what, oh, that's oh, the oh. look that Kim gives. It's now I don't of... know it's true, but I had heard. <laughs> See the Kim I'm look picture him. in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard that. Well, when you do that, then they can donate it, and then it's a tax write-off for the business, whether they actually donate it or not. Whereas I could have a good conscience and say i will give to this entity on my own or i give to other things well, and i, I don't choose have to, the entity i, give I don't to. have to feel guilty about not giving you those three pennies so when uh. you write a three penny check to that entity <laughs> no don't we'll, miss the point we'll know what it's all about <laughs> so you're the one. <laughs> He's the so, one so so pushing that further the problem with the service industry is it's predicated upon an exchange of something for something. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we get that in our mind. But in the Bible, service is something you do expecting to get absolutely nothing in return. I feel like we need a different word. Uh, I would I would agree. with. I don't know if the, a different word from the Bible, but maybe in our culture today, because I think there's to, to truly serve someone 
It's the zero expectation of well, any and remuneration. Expecting something back, that's a business transaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing biz, straight up business. You do something and expect something in return. That's not, you know, that's not from the heart. And Misty, you're a Bible scholar, so you tell me. Um, no. Once you go down that path of, I do this service, I expect something in return. What is it we expect in return? Mm-hmm. Now you're on what? A works righteousness yeah. view, well, yeah. you, a transactional view of faith, which works yeah, well for building that. institutions, but right. is terrible for mm-hmm. actual piety and spirituality. You said it a minute ago. You said you can't pour from an empty cup. Well, who's supposed to fill that cup? Mm-hmm. Are we depending on other people to fill our cup? Right. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Or are we depending on God to fill our cup? And then if God's filling our cup, technically any serving or service we do I mean, we are going to get something out of it per se, but it's it's not going to come from the people or the deed. It's right. going to come from our connection to God or the Holy Spirit. Well, and I, ha- I have that in my notes, too. Well, we can't, an outpouring of ourselves, you know, we can't do that. If we're bone dry, we have to stay spiritually hydrated. You know, Jesus is the living water. And not only is he our daily bread, like we spoke about last week, he's also the living water. And we have to continually be filled with that in order to keep, pouring out what comes out of us is the overflow and just a side note on that too i think you know the flip side of it is being filled with the living water filled with the holy spirit to to have the discernment because there are other people who can play off of that Mm -hmm. that uh, expectation and say well i know Joni's generous, and I sure could use some help. Mm-hmm. Joni, could you could you help me? Mm-hmm. And you know, it would be so helpful if you would help me. And I know you don't want to feel bad about not helping me. And, and people become manipulative mm-hmm. about getting mm-hmm. generous people to, and they take advantage of. Mm-hmm. I think that's where your little your click the donation at the gas station. They they probably play on the psychology mm-hmm. that most people would feel guilty, and it's easier to chip it in. And it's but who do borderline we, manipulative. You know, we can't only serve other Christ followers. You know, we're called to serve those that aren't necessarily Christ followers. You know, well, I want to do a couple of things, and then I want to pivot back to our Bible text. Um, I believe in limits. Mm. I believe in service, but I also believe in limits. Mm-hmm. And I pull that from the parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've talked about it on podcasts before, but I've preached it before. Um, so when Jesus tells the story, uh, the Good Samaritan gets the guy who's beat up and just left for dead by the side of the road. And he takes him to the inn and he binds up his way. He, he serves him. I mean, everything that he does is a service. He, he cares for his wounds. He binds him. He nurses him a little bit. He pays for his room. He gives some money to the innkeeper and says, this is for his expenses. When I come back through here, if there's any more, you know, on his tab, you let me know and I'll pay for it. Right. But then he leaves. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't give him walking around money. He doesn't have him start his business. Mm -hmm. He doesn't invest in his IRA. He doesn't send his kids to school, pay for the college. He doesn't doesn't get roped into any of these other Mm -hmm. things. He's serving. He saved this man's life, but there is a limit Mm -hmm. to it. And what our thing is, is we get caught up in the emotions Mm -hmm. of the the thing. And the the manipulation comes when we are no longer serving what we're doing 
is we're enabling someone else to take advantage of us and to steal from us. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened. They're stealing from mm-hmm. us. And I think that's why we're supposed to carry one another's burdens, but not their daily normal load. It's the, the extra. Do you know what I mean? Are you upset that I sent you all my work to do? <laughs> I am. I am. Well, I feel that. Been ghostwriting those sermons for so <laughs> long. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You don't want to own those. I <laughs> promise you that. There's no, there's no um, trade and traffic in that. So I, I just think that the, the limits help mm-hmm. us. So when we well, talk, ba- it, I mean, <coughs> to use the word boundaries uh, in, a, in an accurate to know where I stop. Well, and there's I can yeah. only go so far because there's a, that being overtaken and on and on and on, and then not ever. Well, I mean, even doing Je- it because Jesus. you don't want to be taken advantage of. You know, there's 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 a a, a boundary. Yeah, there's. A that middle, the, middle I mean, how many there. times did Jesus, the Bible to say Jesus was trying to get away from the crowds? Mm-hmm. I mean, because he needed Me, to. Me, every Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Run! He, I mean, if he would have let him, people would have probably literally bled sure. him dry. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a reference to the cross. It also says to me. They, did that. <laughs> <laughs> they literally did that. Mm-hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. Prior to the cross. <laughs> yep. That's why we're supposed to be watchful and be sober. You know, First Peter tells us, you know, to be to be diligent, to be watchful. Throwing for, out for those Bible verses. So I, yeah, well, yeah, Hi. Peter. Um, Peter's interesting because Paul lists all these different spiritual gifts and things in his writings and offices of the church. Peter just has two <laughs> words <laughs> and service. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He j- he's mm-hmm. a man of few words. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you I think it's season two of The Chosen. I've not seen season three. Some of you may be uh, chosen aficionados out there. That's I've good. not seen season three yet. I haven't watched all of it. We've watched some of it. But one and two are really good. But there's a scene in which they show Jesus. I think it's season two. He's like healing like all night long or something. And he's he, the guy that plays Jesus is fantastic. Um, but he... He's so exhausted when it's over. They show him just being completely spent. And and he can't get away, and he won't get away. And he doesn't want to leave them. Mm. And I think uh, we were watching that, and I looked at Cam and said, I don't think that's how it went down. Because mm. the way I read the Bible, he's always trying to get away. He's mm-hmm. he, he's like, he's escaping to mm. lonely places. He's getting in a boat. He's leaving. And he's always trying to get away because it is exhausting but he knows what he needs to do mm-hmm. for his own well-being. Right. He's well, got to take care of himself. And to bring Brene Brown back into this, she talks about the that the, woman, the the <laughs> fact that we glorify busyness, mm-hmm. and especially in the West. And how many times you ask, "How you doing?" What's? Oh, I'm just so busy. I'm just and it's and it's like a badge of honor to be exhausted and tired and talk about the grind and all of that stuff. But it's not healthy. It's not. And so I can almost see how appealing that would be to write that into a, a script of a movie to make Jesus just be so rather than actually have him be healthy and say okay I'm I'm done I'm I'm going to recoup I'm going to this is all this is all I can offer you uh we'll try again tomorrow you know or something like that talk to John make an appointment for next Thursday I'm going on I'm going away <laughs> exactly. um, there's a take a number there, there's a there's a, a a concept that uh you you can't help people if you're always with people, right. and it's hard to get that through. Because with the on that note, I'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like that quote, peace out. That quote you read earlier is, you know, 
you can't just shove it down people's throats either, you know, being overbearing. Let me help you. Let me help you. What can I do? What can I do? Let me help you. You know, while your whole world's falling to pieces back here, you know, you're trying to push that onto mm-hmm. other people. It's It doesn't work. I don't, I don't know if we're ready to take a break or not, but I've got a Bible verse I want, that I'll, ties into that. Look, before we break, I want, I want to, or, or maybe we come back on the break, I want to do some Basic, I mean, I, I started with this wonderful text in Matthew 25 that we've not come <laughs> back to. I wasn't finished with that. <laughs> so how about we take a little break, and then we'll come back to it. Sounds good. All right. All right. You are listening to Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church located in Marble Falls. We would love for you to join us for worship. Visit our website for worship times at fmf.life. Do you have questions or suggestions on future topics for Under the Water Tower? We would love to hear them. Send us an email to office at fmf.life. If you like what you hear and would like to support this ministry, visit fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. Well, thank you, Kelly. She does. Uh, she makes us sound far more impressive than we actually are. It's just the four of us in a room with a website. I mean, it's just, <laughs> we're really not that all hot and with it, but thank you, Kelly. You uh, you make Bring us, some class to things. You do. She classes everything up. And she has that, I've always said Kelly's voice, voice could be, yeah, <laughs> she could be like, this is NPR, right? She could do the whole thing where she's, oh, man. Don't give her any ideas. We need her here. <laughs> well, that could be her, her side job, right? The, well, just I'm sure she would be grateful for you to suggest her to have a, a, an extra a side job. job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying she'd be really good she at it. She just drove her car off the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at the, the Matthew passage, the Matthew 25. So the things that he says, right? I, I really want to spend some time mm. on that. Uh, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. So food nourishment is listed here uh you get the uh i was a stranger now that that does not mean like stranger danger in a white van (laughs) Uh, what does that mean a stranger is an alien a foreigner an immigrant uh someone who's not from that place and probably not looked upon favorably as someone we want to include right and it doesn't really mean necessarily like Today, immigration is such a political issue. I moved uh, early in my life with my wife to Washington State. Never changed countries, but I tell you, it's a completely different culture. Mm-hmm. And I was a stranger in a strange place for a long time. Uh, it has that feel to it. Uh, th- then you move from stranger to s- to be naked. Uh, I've got no clothing. That's not erotic. <laughs> That's need. Um, and then there's sick, uh, and then there's the prisoner. Uh, so these are the places that Jesus says, when you did these things to people in these situations, you were doing it as if you did it to me. Do you three, three think this list is exhaustive? In other words, is this a, are these marching orders no. for the kinds of things we're supposed to do? Or is this more of a, a feel uh, of of the, the 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 approach that we're supposed to have to anyone in need, because there is not agreement on this. What do you think? 
I don't think it's a formula. I don't think anything is intended to be a formula, but I think it's specific in certain regards because some of these make us uncomfortable because mm-hmm. the people listed here are the types of situations. Um, a, lo- a lot of times helping people, there are certain situations that it's easier to help them in because we're good at the thing that they need or they're our equal or something in each of these types of people are in a pretty dire situation and and it's i mean to feed somebody that some people pretty good at feeding people but um that's a a pretty vulnerable situation to be in Mm -hmm. so i I, but i think it i I don't know y'all do a better job than i will but i I I don't think it's a formula i think it's an overview i think serving can be in a lot of different things um it can just be in listening you know listening to someone talk about their problems or their heartache it doesn't say listen here sorry i'm out (laughs) (laughs) can't do it because yeah if we're only doing what this i mean then that's that's leaving a lot of things out foster lists listening as an act of service that you you hear someone else could can can dump literally dump their thoughts on you to sidetrack just for a second dallas was foster the one that dallas willard studied with all right in dallas willard's book the divine conspiracy when he talks about casting your pearls before swine He's talking about the fact that a lot of times we're trying to offer people help that we think they need. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because pigs don't eat pearls, they need food. And so part of knowing how to meet someone's needs is to actually listen Mm -hmm. or ask them and find out what they need, not bringing something to them because this is what I think they need. This is how I think I'm going to fix this situation. and that's where you get consumed. That's where it just consumes you. Well, and that's what the that's what the pigs do is they turn and attack you. Mm-hmm. That's not my take on the pearls and swine. I've always thought it was like when you preach the sermon and they don't respond and they hate that's you. That's a definite <laughs> they interpretation hate you because you've you've cast your pearls, all your <laughs> the, pearls the before them you had because they're just a bunch of pigs. I, I don't appreciate the pearls I'm throwing out, the dimes I've gotten thrown out here. Most common interpretation. <laughs> that's <laughs> I promise you, most preachers, that's exactly yeah, how they I interpret know, that. I'm casting, casting my pearls before swine, <laughs> oink, oink, <laughs> over here. <laughs> spiritual, it was John Maxwell that called church people spiritual oinkers. They just <laughs> they just come and eat and get fatter, and they don't ever go out and do anything. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, okay. well, that was a John Maxwell thing. I don't know, it just stuck in my head when you said swine. <laughs> Oh, on that note, back to <coughs> Matthew twenty-five. So I think I think that um, you're right, Misty. But perhaps it's a general feel. But it's not just uh, serving everyone. It's this idea of the service to the people who can give you nothing in return. Mm-hmm. Back to where we were earlier about it's not a transactional. Right. People in prison can't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. People who are starving to death, they're not going to be, oh, I'll give you a lot of money if you just give me some food. Mm-hmm. You got nothing. Or even yeah. think about infants, you know, like you take care of that little infant, they can't do anything for you. I mm-hmm. don't know if that's true or not because the infant will grow up. Maybe. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 wait, 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 wait. E- easy there. I'm just I kidding. would like to think that the <laughs> no, no that's self. when you go find a golfer to help <laughs> don't make sure right. your infant what grows up and doesn't get don't sick. Don't let Joni watch <laughs> infant children. Nursery work for Joni. Question mark? Maybe. No wonder yeah. Misty won't let me work in the nursery. No, you can. I'll let you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the kid's gonna grow up. I I get where you're at in that moment, especially. Right. The, the baby provides nothing to you, except, you know, there are feel-goods associated with babies. But I think the more helpless a person you're helping, 
the more like Jesus service it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, and and, and I, I, I delineate here because a lot of what passes for service in church culture is kind to kind. Mm-hmm. So we will do something nice for someone at church who we know who doesn't really need it or could pay for it to be done, but we do it for them trying to build up goodwill or some sort of spiritual mm-hmm. bank account or Ulterior hoping motives, or yeah. hoping they will give a lot of money to the church mm-hmm. or write us that letter of reference. If you're doing that, it's, it's no longer lot. biblical service. Yeah. It, when Jesus, with this, whatever you do with this list, everyone on it has no way of giving you anything, anything in back. return. And you're okay with that. That's, well, you may you not know. be okay with it, but you do it anyway. Well, you is it service if you I, grumble all your yeah. way through it? No, it's not a heart servant's heart. I mean, I guess you could technically still be meeting their needs, but you've got some stuff to work on. <laughs> and what does that say about you? You know, you have to give somebody a ride somewhere, and you're griping and complaining the whole entire time, and yet how do you know I complain? I did that with no one in the car. <laughs> you know what kind of an example is that setting, and that it's a mindset of humbling ourselves just like you know the fasting it's a form of humbling yourself to help others so um have you ever visited anybody in prison or jail mm-hmm. i'm trying to remember i know we had some jail ministries and i was trying to actually remember because if you took this at face value every church would have a prison ministry yeah. mm-hmm. how could you read this and say well this is what we're supposed to be doing and not have a prison ministry mm-hmm. right I think you can have prisoners that are not in jail. If you think about someone who's, <laughs> <laughs> if you think about someone Joni who's just went deep. In, in a um, bad marriage, like sometimes they might view themselves as prisoners. Jesus says he's come to set the prisoners free. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't okay, know. I feel that. Or I child abuse situations. Bondage. Mm-hmm. They're in, they're in bondage mm-hmm. to something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think that's what Jesus means here in Matthew 25, though. Well, I've never been to a prison, so. You know, You've never been to a prison? No. You should, really, I'm serious. You should go visit someone in prison. Because uh, there's like, it's such a different feel, depending on what, like the, the, the county lockup here uh, for our county, it's not as hard to get in, but it is very difficult to play by all the rules. Mm. Right? You surrender all your devices, all your stuff. You have to sign up, and it's it feels icky mm-hmm. and uh you know on tv when they v- go visit someone it's different wait if i can't take mm-hmm. a picture and put it on facebook to show you that i've been <laughs> if, there if someone takes a picture of their prison visit they weren't in prison <laughs> uh it, the it, it, one here there's like no phone mm. right it's just you're yelling through the glass mm. how are you how <laughs> I'm in prison. How do you <laughs> think I am? Uh, yeah, I gotcha. It's it's that that kind of thing. Um, and it, now, if you go to like a state prison, you get to visit, usually it's a little more uh, relaxed because it's they're not, you're not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, whenever I've done it, it's been table to table, like they're just right there. You can't touch them. What happens if you touch them? You get asked to leave. They're watching you, right? <laughs> um, and it, the 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 visit ends. Can you mm-hmm. put something under the table? I've seen that in the movies. Uh, you, you c- if you could bring it in, I mean, you can't bring anything in. It's it's it's, it's, it's worse than TSA. Yeah. yeah. So well, I say all this to, uh, it's very uncomfortable. And when you go do that, 
there's nothing you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It all is, it's going to take your time. And most state prisons are like hours away driving. Mm-hmm. It's driving. And I think mm-hmm. the closest one here is three hours maybe. I know there's one in Eden. Mm-hmm. There's one in Gatesville. I don't yeah. know how far that is. Maybe two and a half, three hours. Two and a half, yeah, it's, it's just they don't put them in convenient places Huntsville. on purpose. Right. Um, so all of, uh, anyway, I digressed. Um, all right, I'll put it on my bucket list. You should. You should go visit someone in jail. You had Bible verses too, right? Well, and I was just thinking that, you know, sometimes people say, or and I've said it, that's just not, you know, um, hospitality or, you know, different forms of serving. That's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable just doing this or that. That's not who God made me to be. And, you know, that's almost just a slap in God's face because who are you to tell him who he's created you to be? You know, and to do the and service. what would Jesus do? The acts. <laughs> we don't even to, know. To do the service that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do is outside of our comfort zones a lot of times. You know, it's not going to be something that we're comfortable with. And does that mean we just don't do it? Because that's just not who I am. You know, and that's just an excuse I think that we use. I've used before. And, um, you know, talking about hum- humbling ourselves, we must decrease so that he can eat. And this, that's the perfect example. And that's the scripture that comes to my mind is when I think about a lot of times we are going to be called to do these things that we're not comfortable in doing. Does that mean we just don't do them and just hope that somebody else does them? You know, no. He's I called us that. to do that. You when know? when Daryl asked me to go on the youth trip <laughs> as a sponsor. Confession time with Joni. <laughs> See how that it's works. It's not my gift. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, good luck with that. Now she asked me to go on youth trips with her. <laughs> so th- that passage with John the Baptist, that's one of my favorite. I pray that. Like, mm-hmm. I must decrease. You must increase. Yes. Um, we get so full of ourselves that we just make it all about ourselves. Well, and, and we can't. I just had a, an, an, an image, like maybe my first year here, something, there was something that happened in our culture. I can't remember what it was. And our church had collected a bunch of clothes for something, and we were to deliver it to a mission in San Antonio. And it was became a youth project or whatever, and that was when I had just gotten here. And so basically... Peyton and I <laughs> drove to San Antonio, and I don't even, I think she was. Uh, For the listeners, Peyton is his daughter. Yeah, and I don't think she even was, I kind of like cornered and said, you want to go with me? <laughs> <laughs> and we drove to San Antonio to this place, downtown you, San Antonio. Did you take her to lunch after at least? We took these clothes, and basically, it's missions like that are, are very chaotic sometimes. We like structure, and we like organization. Long story short, she ended up in line serving pizza to people who were coming because they were feeding uh, these homeless people. And then the clothes were really secondary, just delivering them. And it was uncomfortable. It was um, weird. But the thing I think about that kind of service does, if someone's hungry, what are they worried about? Eating. Mm-hmm. That's it. Give me some food right now. Serving almost brings you serving as a form of being present with someone but it brings you into the present mm-hmm. um because whatever need you're really did you needing, just say that serving makes you present with someone and it brings you into the present yeah <laughs> unpack that because that's like time travel i uh, it just what it it takes away the ulterior motives. It takes away worrying about am I getting something in exchange? I'm worrying about what I'm going to be doing tomorrow or what happened yesterday. You're focused on that need in that moment right there, and which is kind of where we're um, 
you, you were talking about that yesterday with nostalgia in your sermon and and getting don't stuck. you dare <laughs> quote my words back at me stuck as if the, I don't know what I said <laughs> stuck in the what pad. did I say your, your pearls of wisdom that mm-hmm. I was consuming um, were about Moses we're talking about how the people we can get lost in the past or the future and there's something about serving even as a spiritual discipline I think that that brings us into the moment, which is really where we need to be when we're praying, when we're fasting, whatever. It's and about right and then. And that's what I want. That's what I was trying to nail you down on. Yeah. Because to me, service is whatever needs to be done right now. Yeah. That that's it. it it's it's not a, a spreadsheet analysis of right. ultimate. It's it's what's on the her, what's mm-hmm. right now. What's on the mm-hmm. min, right now. And how many days here yeah. at work in our church ministry every day we have yeah lists of things you know i'm a lister and i list all these things out but yet something arises we all jump what can we do and then there we are you know the things we had planned out for that day are pushed to the side and we take care of what is intimate at that moment well and and in my show prep notes over here the one um, (laughs) on his napkin (laughs) my phone I, one of the things on my list, and it's and it's it was a critique, but there is I think there it can be a pro and a con is churches and <laughs> mission trips, and so often uh, even youth ministry mission trips become this we're going to go do a project, mm-hmm. and it becomes about that you talked about spreadsheets and lists, and we're going to go to this place, and it can be very condescending. It can, we're going to come fix you and your problems. We're going to mm-hmm. come rescue you, and and we teach our kids th- that this kind of, I, I don't know, what, whatever you want to call it, type of service. Um, and we package it in three or four days, and then we come home. But on the flip side of that is you can go places and serve, and what it does is it can challenge you to be in the moment mm-hmm. and meet the needs that are there if you're not going with this big agenda or something like that. Um, so there are definitely some pros and cons, but, but there's, I think, even in typical Christian culture, mission trip planning and stuff became its own industry you talk mm-hmm. about the the service industry and you get something in return for it uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. mission trips are almost prepackaged not even about what you're doing on the other end yep mm-hmm. it's completely about uh, every, every um almost every mission trip i ever was engaged in went on led had some end result of it's leadership development for your group that's going to pay off for you in the uh-huh. future. That's mm-hmm. always what the, it's never about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. I do think there's benefit in seeing a culture, I think, especially in a little town like that we live in, um, that we get very um, narrow-minded. And I think there's great benefit into seeing what what else is out there and just a culture that, that you may not be familiar yeah, with. Yeah, and I think if you're going to serve and say we're here and we're available what do you need and serve in that context but it's it's the like jamie's talking about these prepackaged we're going to go and do this thing or you're going to get something out of it or whatever and you don't see the people Is you just service? see the project <clears throat> and i've come to the conclusion i don't at me with your angry emails i've come <laughs> to the conclusion i disagree with your assessment that m- you can go on mission trips but it's never about what you're doing to help in fact i think they're doing more for you than you are for them yep. Um, especially in worldview, I'm in favor of travel. I'm in favor of going to experience things. I'm still a Baptist, but I'm not certain that sending career missionaries into places they've never been before is a good idea either. Mm-hmm. Uh, send the money. Um, send short-term missionaries. Uh, that sort of. But 
I'm just I'm, I'm not convinced that's the best methodology for mission work. Um, but we do it as it's a service. I'm going to do the thing. Um, I do think that sometimes we we are quick to react without knowing the needs, which is exactly what he's. Oh yeah, we uh, we we emotionally engage without thinking what's the best way of serving. Right. Because we um, the mission trip is. I can feed my ego mm. for youth pastors, especially, and for mission ministry leaders. You get out there, you look busy, you look important, you are making connections, you are uh, networking, all the things that you're doing. It's about you and the movement that you're in. It is absolutely almost never about, well, how, what was the quality of the fence that you built mm. or the ditch that you dug? Or the thing that you did. And did they tear it down just so the next group could do the same I thing? I have literally seen that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you paint it, and then the next group, they paint the mm-hmm. same thing. Like, what? I, I will say. I've World Changers was really good about that. I've had two opportunities to, to, to repeatedly go to two different places. One was in Mexico, and one was in Canada. And although there probably was some subtle agenda with each trip, for the most part, it was building a long-term relationship reasonably long-term relationship with a group of people in a setting and and connecting with them and then finding out what needs and the trips were then about serving those people in that community in that church or whatever not coming in we're going to be the the rescuers and and those were the trips where I learned from them just as much I learned from their culture and where we were sensitive to we didn't like there was a couple of times where we, we just wanted to finish this project and the leaders were like, no, they will finish it and they're fine with finish it, finishing it. It's more important for us to follow their schedule, their routine and be with them as people and leave the task. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a big learning. That's the big mm-hmm. church payoff or the, I'd say the kingdom of God payoff on ministry missions of that nature is the feeling of solidarity, of unity, of brotherhood. What often passes, though, is big church or um, in historically American white church mm-hmm. comes in and saves the day for these whatever indigenous peoples they are who clearly don't know how to do things. Mm-hmm. So we got to come do it for them. Well, that was the thing that's wrong. I personally learned in, uh, as a young youth pastor going to Mexico was I had that attitude. We're going to go in and help these poor people. They don't have these things. And they were like, we don't want the American lifestyle. <laughs> These were goat herders, yeah. and they would work for six months out of the year, earn enough mm-hmm. to survive on their families, and spend six months with their family yeah. the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And they were very content, had their needs met, and were happy. They didn't want the Western mm-hmm. culture, but we were arrogant enough to think mm-hmm. we were bringing in, them something. In many ways, mm-hmm. probably their quality of life was higher than I was yours. Exactly. They had to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mister, you've been quiet for far too long. What are you cogitating well, on over there? I was just thinking. Um, I agree with everything you guys were saying. <laughs> I was just listening. I was just listening to it all. But that's usually what Joni does. Yeah, is just forth, <laughs> forth, uh, well, and I was just thinking that you know, in in the Bible, and you take all the the um, stories and and hearing Jesus healing people, he taught the disciples, he raised people from the dead, and did all these miracles and all these things, and. You know, he he didn't go to the people that already had faith in him and believed in him. You know, it was after the healing and after after that is when they believed in him. You know, 
And so he, he didn't have, they didn't have to be a certain way before Jesus met them where they were at. And I think a lot of times we try to get people to, you've got to do this and you've got to go to church. Sit down and, and listen to the sermon. You've got to believe in this we'll. and then Jesus will help you. But the Bible clearly states that the opposite. You know, Jesus healed them first and then go in peace. Go sin no more. Have faith. Believe. And to me, that just struck me yesterday whenever I was prepping for this, is that he's just, you know, he's amazing like that. And I think sometimes we get that. A lot of times we get that backwards. You, the service comes first mm-hmm. in that regard, which is yep. the opposite of what we would say. No strings attached. Yeah. Um, the, so I'm thinking about a couple other things. Anonymous service. The, the idea of being able to do something that nobody knows you did it. Does it still count if you do service and don't post it on Facebook? <laughs> yes. Right? It so counts how, more. <laughs> so how do you do that, mm-hmm. though? In this age in which everyone takes note of everything, and, and let's just be honest, a big part of church life is promotion. Mm-hmm. Sh- shameless mm-hmm. self-promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've come to accept that most of my brothers and sisters in the ministry, present company excluded, know very little about the Bible. They know a lot about how to self-promote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they want to Branding. tell you. There's, what's the email? We sent an email. I want to I tell you this situation, but let me tell you how I solved it first before we get down to the weeds. Mm-hmm. That's shameless self-promotion. Mm-hmm. How can we do that? W- w- what's the trick to helping and serving anonymously in this age? I think for students, you know, working with the youth is just being an example for that. Um, like you're at camp and you pick up trash, just not because someone told you to pick up trash, just because you do it, just because you're a good human. You're making a really awful face at me, Jamie. I'm trying to swallow this water. <laughs> <laughs> choking on his water. I'm drinking water. I'm just working things through. I Chunky promise. water. That was like the same face that you you made about Kim uh, no, that's that, a that completely. <laughs> that's this. <laughs> Kim doesn't yeah. have that face. But I do think being an example and having godly people in your life that are an example mm-hmm. that you know that they're serving, you just okay. Don't I, know. I I love what you say. I love godly people as an example, but by definition, that's not anonymous. I think we have to remember that our rewards are not here. You know, our rewards are are far greater than just a thank you or a you know good work pat on the back you know i think when we keep our focus on why are we doing this what are we well why are we doing what we're doing that's our true focus okay again i agree with that (laughs) and you're selling me on the idea of service but how do you do service anonymously in this age well we're not going to tell you because it's anonymous So there, a few years well, ago. Well played, young woman, when, well played. It was several years ago when Greg and I still lived in Coleman. Um, a friend of ours, her husband, went to prison. and Did you go visit? She, we tried a couple times, but it never worked out. And um, we, she was um, by herself, and she had children, and it was around Christmas time, and she didn't have a lot of money. And so we... Uh, wrote her checks and left cash in her mailbox and you know she we never told anybody it was just he and I and we never told anybody that we did that but she told other people and it got back to me of course they didn't know I, it was us but had said um, so-and-so 
knows that, you know, God is really watching over them and blessing them because she's gone to her mailbox, you know, every month she finds money in her mailbox and it's right at Christmas and she has no idea who's leaving it, but it's there. And so her faith has been, you know, completely renewed because of kind people. And so word getting back to us was our reward that she was thankful and that it boosted her faith in God. I'm glad that worked out for you. Kim and I tried that about three months ago and I, we did the exact same thing. Someone knew was in trouble. We not, not, it was a small thing. We just put some money in an envelope. I knew where they lived. I stuck it on the door, ran off, right? Mm-hmm. Put their name on it, ran off. They took a picture of me <laughs> from the doorbell <laughs> and it came around. Joni actually got figured it out because they knew Joni and said, I think your preacher did this. And I was like, no, no, he didn't do that. Everything's video nowadays. I mean, so. that's a, that's kind of the, I was thinking of that story when mm-hmm. I'm in this age doing anything anonymous, but I think there's a great hard, spiritual yeah. value in right. it. But doing anything anonymous is so hard. It's not completely anonymous, but I heard of, of, of a guy. Uh, I used to work for him uh, in my small hometown, and he and a, co- a group of guys had got together, and they had done okay for themselves financially with their businesses, and they were trying to find ways to anonymously help people. And it's not completely anonymous, but but he said they were would go to like some of the bank presidents or whatever, and said, "Do you have? I know you can't tell us information, but do you have amounts of money of people that are struggling mm-hmm. that we could give to your bank that you could fix the payoff?" And their they mortgage? trusted the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, small town on the on the list of people <laughs> I trust. That's really that's just slightly up, no, I, that's probably below politician I mean <laughs> the politician only takes money from me periodically the banker takes it every month well but see maybe they were giving not worrying about if they were taken advantage of or not and so that maybe <laughs> but I just I, the banker but I know that's not 100% anonymous but those types of things you hear those stories and it's inspiring to think I would love to be able to do something for someone mm-hmm. and then not need credit or mm-hmm. you know not want credit mm-hmm. We tried one time with the school, not here, but in a previous place. And and so we just sent money and said to give it to the teachers and tell this because the teachers always know. We said to give teachers go by, you know, kids in your class who'll need underwear or combs or something. something. Yeah. Just go do it. Tried to be cool like that. And you get like a week later. A thank you note mm. from every teacher and and not from some kid. Some kid was held and from recess probably. Thank you for the <laughs> underwear. There's I don't want to wear underwear. <laughs> 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 it's a little picture of them in the underwear. It, 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 it just backfired creepy. fabulously. Mm. Uh, so I really wrestle because I want to be anonymous. Mm-hmm. I want to do things that nobody knows I've done, mm-hmm. and it's I'm finding it harder and harder. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the American way, though. I think that we've created that in our culture, that it's always something for something. I don't know if it's America. I think it's the world today. It's a digital okay. age. Cameras yeah. everywhere. Well, no. I think even the something for something, the thank you, the, hmm. I don't know. The well, receiving maybe. part, because we've done something similar, or um, Haley had had a friend, my oldest daughter, had a friend in high school who we knew around Christmas time where things were tight with their family because she had told Haley. And so we put some money in an envelope, and I had Haley sprint up there, put it by the door, knock, and run off. Um, and then I don't know if they figured it out or just she was telling the story, Haley's friend. And the mom was offended mm-hmm. because yeah. 
why do they think we need money mm-hmm. or something like that? And so it was just like, well, <laughs> yeah, so much for that. But I, mm. Fishbeck mm. says we have a nap. We're in an hour now. Yeah, an hour and three. So one more thought process. <coughs> On Sunday morning, we have small groups, <coughs> collectively known as Sunday school, which is the worst name of anything you'd want to do at church. Um, it school. started for a good reason. School, though, it's like, you know, think about it. Think about like a ten-year-old kid, right, who doesn't like going all to week school. And goes to, to, to sun. It's like so, Saturday school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the worst deal ever. Um, anyway, I digress. When you go from small groups into big church, mm-hmm. what do we call that? It's the worship service. Service. What makes it the worship service? You're serving God. Who's serving God? We are. How? Who's the we? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being... Us. I'm the, not being adversarial people, toward you. The church. You. Okay. I agree with you. So an act of service... <laughs> <laughs> she was shocked. Oh, she fell out of her chair. <laughs> I'm scared. I agree with you. This is one of my pet projects. So the... The worship service, the word service comes from the New Testament word liturgia, which means worship. So actually, worship, worship is what you're going to. And it's the idea of you're doing this blessing uh, of the Lord as an act of worship. The question is, who's doing the service? And I point this out. We've so changed what service means in our culture that what most people will define worship services as they come and they sit and they watch the people on the platform do the service right. for them or in their steed or as an act of amusement mm-hmm. or entertainment or of duty. They feel like the, 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 the only thing required of them is to sit there. Right. The worship performance mm-hmm. and, 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 and watch and then critique. Mm-hmm. Maybe give a little money, mm-hmm. but that's about the extent of it. And leave and feel good about themselves. Right. Whereas, because I endured whatever y'all did for an hour. Right. When you start talking about the spiritual disciplines of service, now worship is on its own place. And I think we're going to talk about that someday, one of these podcasts. But Missy's fact checking. Number seven. Number seven. Uh, But for its own sake, service also goes into that place. This is why we sing. Mm -hmm. This is why we read Mm -hmm. together and pray together and kneel and lint. And uh, stand together, the anointing of oils, and all those are all services that we do. And sometimes being present is an act of service. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it Kierkegaard who who used the. I'm so impressed. I've never been more impressed with (laughs) you than I am right now. Who said that? Soren. Soren, who said that. Well, I thought it was the sound, but (laughs) anyway, he said. um, He's less impressed. Your level of. It was a 10, now it's a Not 9. Not all of us have babble. <laughs> That's the sound of my impression. Kierkegaard plummeting. made the example that oftentimes we have that audience mentality. They're the audience and the people on the stage are the performers. But in reality, the people on the stage are like they're off the stage, the prompters trying to prompt the people mm-hmm. to be the, the ones Singing, doing, reading, uh, and and per, I'd say performing the the, the worship. It is, well, it is a performer. You do perform. Yeah. That's yeah. not a bad word. Okay, good. It's only a, a bad word if a small number are doing it 
for the people right. in the pews, right. as opposed Entertaining to them we almost. are all doing it together mm-hmm. for the audience of one. Right. Th- those are those are those are huge differences of mindset. Mm-hmm. Which is why I really like the way you build our liturgies uh, and change them. Is that it? It involves the people, whether it's standing, sitting, reading, quoting, kneeling, silent, um, and it changes. And it's I think it's conditioning our. I think early on, our people like. What is he doing? Wait till you get to the watermelon throwing. (laughs) (laughs) Knives Um, with flames. But the people are more (laughs) involved. Um, Anyway, whereas today uh, our culture has delved into massive, how cool Mm -hmm. is our worship service? Or you hear people say, I just don't get any, I just didn't get anything out of the service today. Well, good, because you didn't go for you. Well, you're you're going to. That means you didn't put anything in. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. Whenever you think that gets to camp, I'm with the. You're going to get out of camp, what you put in the camp. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly how it works. Yep. Well, thanks for listening. What's next week's? You, Misty has the list up. Bible memorization. Ooh. Bible memorization as a spiritual discipline. Kelly is going to take you home with us. Uh, we're glad that you listened. Uh, love you bunches. Uh, take care of yourself. Right? Say, See you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Under the Water Tower, a podcast dedicated to honest discussion of the Bible. To donate to this ministry, just go to fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. Just a reminder to subscribe to Under the Water Tower on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That way you'll never miss an episode. Help us to spread the word about our podcast by talking about it and sharing it on your social media. Thanks again for joining us. On behalf of Under the Water Tower, I'm Kelly Trapane.